Hello, Charlie Gladstone here, and welcome to my time capsule special edition of my series, Love in the Time of Coronavirus, which I have described from the start as a slow pod or a slow cast because I allowed people the time to answer their questions without tight editing and just for their answers to unfold. Over the course of three weeks during the spring lockdown of 2020, I received about 60 answers from friends and acquaintances to three very simple questions. And daily, pretty much, I published those answers as part of my normal Some Good Mavericks podcasts. I decided that I would then put a collection of all 60 together on one single edition which I am going to send out to those who contributed on a cassette and they can hold that or listen to it as part of the time capsule of how they, how we were feeling during this lockdown. Not how we feel now with the benefit of hindsight or, or knowing how things actually unfolded, but, but how we felt at the time. It's been really heartening hearing so many lovely responses to this podcast, but thinking about it, it's also been really interesting to me because I feel as if I've been talking to a lot of those who contributed. In fact, almost everything has been done remotely, just things sent in to me on phones or via email or WhatsApp or whatever. But um, it's been very heartening for me to hear all of the views of optimism and hope and sometimes humour when there's so much fear and outrage and sadness and grief in the world. I know that a lot of you who are kind enough to listen to this have felt the same way. Just to reiterate, in case you've forgotten, the questions that I asked are, where are you and who are you with? And what good do you think will come out of this mess? And please tell me something really good you've discovered or found again or started doing during the lockdown. What we've done in this final edition or this time capsule edition is just cut all of the answers down to 30 or 40 seconds. I, 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 they may not entirely make sense in isolation, but I think it'll be interesting to hear all of the voices again. So without further ado, we will go right to the beginning and start with Dr. Freddie Baverstock. I think quite a lot of good is going to come out of this crisis. It's forcing a lot of people to slow down and reflect upon the insane world we've built. I mean, I certainly have spent the last few years with a mounting sense of dread and panic about the world we're passing on to our children, um, in particular the unsustainable rate of development and world travel and so forth. And I think having those things slowed down uh, hopefully, will enable certain people to reflect upon whether they're really necessary and really desirable. So that's what I'm hoping for. Thanks, Fred. Next up, we have the publisher of Do Books, Miranda West, who was in a bit of a hurry at the beginning of the lockdown. Hi, Charlie. It's Miranda here from Do Books. I'm at home with my husband, Matt, and two children. I just wanted to say thank you so much for asking me to take part in the podcast, but believe it or not, I'm actually busier than ever. Um, it's ridiculous. Now the shops have closed, we're actually finding that more orders are being routed to our website. So today I've actually got 100 orders to fill from our front room once more stock arrives. Um, I can't ask 
anyone from our team to go into the office because I can't. So uh, we're just having to sort of knuckle down really and get on with it. And then we have Steve Chapman, the artist and indeed the artist in residence at the 2020 Good Life experience, if we're able to have that. And of course, at the moment, I don't know if we will be able to. So what good do I think will come out of this mess? Well, I think, I think the honest answer is I don't know. And that, that's an okay answer for me because I don't think any of us could, could possibly know. Um, but I guess something that, that I'm probably more sure about is whatever the new normal we establish, it won't be the same as the old normal. And a lot of anxiety I see, um, I mean, there's obviously anxiety around health and around loved ones and around uh, around all of those things, which is fair enough. Um, and at the same time, there's a lot of anxiety that I see at the moment is through people trying to recreate the old normal online or trying to recreate the old normal, a sort of attachment to getting back to the old times, which is, I understand why, but I think that just fuels anxiety. Thank you very much, Steve. And then we have Rachel Kelly, the author and mental health campaigner. I think this is a major reset. And as someone who's worked in mental health now for quite a while, working as an ambassador for SANE and for Rethink Mental Illness, I think a lot of the strategies that we have been using running workshops and working with people who find life difficult have really come to the fore in this period. And then we have Giles Andre, the children's author and poet. If one were to look back, perhaps two or three years hence, I hope that, um, I think there's something very powerful about so many of us, the entire world really, going through a single shared experience, particularly an experience um, of hardship. And I think when that does happen, it brings us all much closer together with shared goals. And we do, I think we do feel like a sort of large extended global family when we've got the same aims. We have such sort of disparate aims and requirements and goals uh, generally during normal life. So I think all having this one experience is going to be very unifying. And next up, we have Rob Poynton, the author of the incredibly pertinent Do Pause. What will happen with pretty much everybody on the planet thinking about the same thing and devoting their attention to the same thing? So I think it's very early days, but I think that if we want to transform a society, some kind of shock was probably necessary. And I'm hoping that out of this we could move perhaps from a, an exploitative economy based on domination uh, towards a regenerative one. Um, and that this little episode, that won't get us there, but it might shake us up enough that we start really thinking about it seriously. And Rob is followed by my friend, the thinker and author and public speaker, Mark Shaler. Um, what good do I think will come out of all this, if any? Firstly... And the most obvious one, I think we're all enjoying having time with our families, those of us that are with our families. And, and secondly, I'm going to run out of numbers, so I'll just say next. Next, um, the slowness of it all, actually. I read a really, or I heard a really interesting conversation with Steve and Fry about enjoying 
the real slow passage of time. And we're always, well, I am always in such a rush to get on to the next thing. I'm impatient for the coffee to drip through the mocha master so that I can bring it upstairs and wake my wife up with it in the morning and then get showered and then get out. And I'm really enjoying watching the mocha master drip coffee now or drip water into the coffee. And I'm just sat watching two pigeons actually out the window and one of them's more amorous than the other one, but I've got a feeling they're going to get it on anyway. And normally I'd note it and then go and do something else, but I'm not, I'm, I'm intrigued. It's like, it's like EastEnders kicking off in the tree outside your bedroom window, but with a little less fighting. Thank you very much, Mark, as ever. We work with a lot of chefs at the Good Life Experience and a number of food writers and other people involved in the food industry. And of course, food has been very much at the forefront of so many of our thoughts during the lockdown. And the first of our contributors from the world of food is the stylist and food photographer, Patsy Niven. I've also um, been able to use this time to start on a project that's been on my mind for quite a few years. It's called the Chicken Soup Project. You can find it on Instagram. Friends and cooks and chefs have been contributing their recipes. There are vegan and vegetarian versions as well. And the range of recipes, plus the warm words coming from contributors and readers has been really overwhelming. I'd really love to increase the range of recipes, I guess the global range of recipes. And um, due to my mother being Kenyan, I'm especially interested in growing the African recipes. Um, but I'll take them from anywhere. Thank you so much. And then we have Sarah Helen, who runs all of the craft at the Good Life Experience and publishes the occasional magazine of Welsh Craft Journal. What good do I think will come out of this situation? I think a lot of good will come out of it in lots of different ways. Most notably on my radar, I've seen so many good news stories of independent businesses um, diversifying their offering, creating new concepts, adapting to change. I think this has been a real kind of challenge um, and so many people have changed the way that they think and the way that they work so that they can survive and also more notably um, change their offering completely so that they can provide a service. So distilleries, um, you know, creating hand sanitizer, fact clothing factories creating NHS garments. I think there's some seriously positive stories coming from this, um, which we can all kind of learn from. Next up, we have Dan Kieran, the chief executive of the groundbreaking publishers Unbound. I've sort of felt like there's always been this kind of unspoken silence between the way we want things to be and the way they are. And there's always been that gap and it's always seemed impossible to cross that gap. You know, if you ask anybody what matters in their life, they'll tell you it's the people that they love and work with purpose and meaning, community. You know, they'll talk about words like that, but then you kind of look at the big structures that run our lives and you don't really see much of that. Something gets lost anyway. Anyway, so I think that gap, that gap between the way we kind of know we want things to be and the way they are, which has always seemed so impossible to cross, doesn't seem so impossible to cross anymore. 
Thanks very much, Dan. And next we have Russell Cameron of the menswear retailer Kafka. The positive side, and I would like to think that we will become more considerate to others and the, the planet and the environment. And I would like to think also that um, we would give our nurses and doctors and teachers and police a little bit of a higher standing in modern society because I think that's something that's probably gone by the wayside. You know, I think in the present circumstances we've seen how brave and selfless the, the doctors and the nurses are. From a personal point of view, you're looking at them putting their lives on the line every day. And we ended this episode with a contribution from the author and literary powerhouse Damien Barr. I think there's potential for huge good and I'm very wary of sounding like Donald Trump when I say huge. But I really think that things cannot go back to the way they were. That would be the worst of all possible outcomes, as Aaron Datty Roy said at the weekend. We need to make change. We've needed to make it for a long time and we've known it. And this has accelerated positive change. People working in different ways, people living in different ways. And what we need to do is ensure that when necessity is no longer the mother of invention, we continue to be inventive and positive and reach out to those people who have really struggled economically, socially, financially, emotionally because of this and ensure that they are not only just not left behind, but taken forwards with the rest of us. We couldn't possibly go through an entire podcast without a purveyor of records. And we now have Nigel House, one of the owners of Rough Trade Records. I hope that, you know, people will realise from this whole crisis, you know, the important things in life and what ma- what really matters and what doesn't matter. Strawberries in January don't really matter, but speaking to your mother and your children really does matter i know that the things i miss uh you know seeing all our customers seeing the people i work with and just that interaction with all these great people that i know next up is amanda the author of do death and a campaigner to make us all think a little bit more positively and actively about death Obviously, we can't go out. So this time really allows us to travel within ourselves. And what I mean by that is it might be uncomfortable for us to sit with this person who maybe we don't know that well because we're always busy. We're always busying ourselves with social engagements or going out or going to work. But now we really have to sit with ourselves and within our own families and really work out who we are, what we want and where we might want to be. And it is it is very scary. But I think if we can look at this time as a time of reflection, then it kind of puts a different spin on things. It's not like we're locked in. We're, we're more quiet. James Sills has had national and international media attention due to the introduction of his series of online singing classes, The Sofa Singers, and here he is. I do think there's already a lot of good coming out of it. You know, one is recalibration of value and the people that we value. And I mean this, you know, personally, you know, we're probably prompted to get in touch with those people that we really care about and we maybe haven't been in touch with for a long time or 
haven't been in touch with it as much as we want. You know, so I'm speaking a lot more to my parents um, on the phone and on FaceTime, which which has been really lovely. But there's also been a recalibration of kind of a, a general societal thing. You know, who do we value? Okay, well, actually, it's the NHS workers, it's people in social care, it's people in the supermarkets, many other jobs that are just helping keeping society running and keeping us healthy. And next up, we have Ella and Amy Meek, the only children, in fact, to appear, except for very tiny babies, on this series. And since this mess has begun, we've actually started to see some positive environmental benefits, uh, such as less people going out in their cars, so that's causing less air pollution, and it's really nice to see that in this whole mess of a situation there are some positive impacts and benefits that we're seeing. Yeah and I think really importantly it's also shown that we can make these reductions you know we've been given very small deadlines by the UN to tackle things like climate change which are super important and yeah it's been delayed and it's been said that you know we can't reduce carbon emissions like this. Thank you very much Ella and Amy. We're moving now on to Elisa There's something quite stunning about the way that nature is taking this time to heal and cleanse itself. I mean, I'm sure we have all seen images of swans in the Venice canals, which is just mind-blowing to imagine. So in a weird way, it seems like The roles have reversed and humans now need to retreat. We've done enough mess. (laughs) Thank you very much, Alicia. And now it is the turn of Katie Elliott. One thing that I hope will come out of all this is a deeper appreciation generally of all of the people in society who do jobs which are absolutely invaluable, but very often overlooked and underpaid. I really hope that we might emerge on the other side with a better sense of what's important and next up we have the green campaigner and retailer dialing in from the hudson valley in the us of a priscilla woolworth why do we need a catastrophe to realize what really matters like how much we love the people in our lives and the value of these relationships i hope that many people develop a or have discovered a deeper respect and love of nature and how essential it is that we nourish and protect it I also hope that all the wet markets in China become illegal and are shunned by everyone there. Next up, we have Valentine Warner. I hope um, that we will understand that um, nature is our default setting um, and we can't be here without it and pay attention to that. And two, that I think that you have global and local But I think this really points out that it's a pointer towards that I think many things will be solved locally. Local is the place to look. Global, that seeming sometimes impossibility. But I hope that we see strength and value in local um, is what I hope will happen. And sticking with the food theme, we have the chef and author Gil Meller. One of the things that, that might happen is that people become more appreciative of the world around us. Um, Maybe 
if if they've been inside on lockdown for for months on end um stepping back out into the open air um seeing friends seeing family uh will help us to um reconfigure the the, the value of of that as an experience uh, and as a as a way of life and from holland we have one of the most optimistic and spirited people that I've ever encountered, the creator of the Campfire Stories Micro Festival, Selfa. And I've been out for a night of wild camping with my hammock, uh, micro adventuring. I'm only, I'm less than a kilometer away from my house, but um, yeah, I wanted to experience the full moon. And it was my birthday yesterday on uh, April 8th. So here in the Netherlands, we're in week four of the um, lockdown, but we have, as they call, a smart lockdown. So we can still go outside just uh, as long as we keep the two meter distance uh, rule. Next up, we have the filmmaker, Nick Wickham. Uh, if we can so radically rethink how the money goes around and so quickly, then imagine what we could do for the environment and the climate. Um, and if the world's scientists can collaborate to find a vaccine for this terrible virus, then why not expect all of them and all of us to urgently create solutions to the far worse environmental catastrophe that's lying around the corner? So you asked what good I thought might come out of this mess. Um, I think we could all remember that it's actually OK for all of us to make the same demands for an environmentally sustainable future as we are making for our immediate health and economic futures. Uh, the impossible just became possible, and that's got to be a good thing. And now we have Dan Burgess and his thoughts during the time of coronavirus. What I hope is that um, the race to reboot, the race to get back to normal, inverted commas, um, I really hope that the pause, the great pause that many of us are experiencing, although obviously not all people, but some of us are experiencing, allows a a revealing to occur of the absurdity of what modern normal life is, was. Um, what do I mean by that? I mean that, um, like, the the pace of life uh, is insane, normal life. Like the way we move around, the speed at which we move around at, the the distractions, the need to be in all these places. And, you know, <laughs> I hope that, I hope we don't go back to that. Something that I've discovered, found again, started doing. I've started getting up and um, singing the sun up over the hill Uh which I found rather marvellous. Um, and it doesn't really, I don't really have anything particular to sing about. I just sort of stand there and then whatever comes out, as I look at the sun coming up over the hill, whatever comes out, comes out. And sometimes it's just a sort of series of sort of melodic grunts and I can kind of shuffle as well as I'm, as I'm doing it. And sometimes I might have a, you know, might be some lyrics of, of sort. Um, and I, you know, they might not make much sense, but that's fine. Just basically whatever, as you stand there and just, you just sort of stand there and whatever starts coming up, just comes up, you know, and I think maybe, maybe there's some form of sort of strange indigenous language that's, um, that's uh, emerging from my physical soul. 
Thanks, Dan, for your optimism and spirit as ever. Now, we have two people on this series who gave birth during the lockdown. And the first of those is Helen. And here she is. I'm at home in my flat in Notting Hill with my partner, Breeze, and our five weeks old baby daughter, Else. She was born uh, just before the crisis. Um, so it was some really intense first weeks with her where on the one hand, I was filled with joy and happiness of, of her arrival. Um, and on the other hand, I was really stressed out because the week after her birth, my partner got a really high fever and other corona symptoms. So we had to self-isolate. And he was basically living on an air mattress in the living room while I had to try and, and keep the baby three meters away from him. And on top of that, I had to navigate a lot of stress at work. Uh, I had just opened a new company in January, uh, an outdoor nursery, which I'd worked really, really hard to set up. Um, but then we had to temporarily close it, right? So so I was naturally really worried for my team and for the company. Um, but luckily, my partner has recovered again and everything is all good. So so we're just really trying to enjoy this baby bubble. And uh, and actually, it fits in quite neatly with home isolation, just being in this in this bubble. My next guest was Claire Thompson, the author and creator of the Five O'Clock Apron. Hopefully, we'll all understood about how we interact with planet Earth a bit better after this. Also, how we how we exist in our communities of of family and also the greater good of society and how and how I suppose we. We sort of feel affection and and a sense of community, really. Who we need and, and what we don't need in life, I suppose. And next we have the designer, Anthony Oram. I think a couple of good things are going to come out of this. I think um, people will value their time with friends and family more. I know that we've been connecting with friends online during this that we might see only a couple of times a year but now we speak to weekly um, and I think it will make people reflect on their lives and if they're happy with what they're doing and uh, I think moving forward for me it's given me more drive to get to where I want to be I felt stuck for the last couple of years and I think this has made me realize that I need to grab every opportunity and just go out there and get what it is that I want and work really hard for it. Thanks, Ant, very much. And sticking with design, we have Aaron and Fern of Creative Agency, Department 2, who do an enormous amount of work for us across our businesses, including almost all of the photographs at the Good Life Experience and Camps Glendie and Harden. Um, thanks for having us on your podcast. We've really enjoyed the first couple of episodes. I think it's a really nice way of sharing what different people are doing and how they're feeling. And yeah, so hopefully we can give some interesting answers to your questions that you gave us. Okay, Charlie, your first question to, to us was, where are you and who are you with? What are you doing? So, Fern. So, just us two at home in Sheffield at our house. I think... A lot of good will come out of it. I am feeling quite positive about it. And I think a lot of businesses and a lot of people are learning that things can be done slower. Things can marinate a little bit. And not everything has to happen at 100 miles an hour because right now it's impossible for things to happen at that speed. 
And then we have another loyal contributor to the Good Life Experience, the creator of Sean the Sheep, the model maker and animator, Jim Parkin. My big hope really is that we all stick together with this newfound quieter pace of life. Um, finding time to be creative, allowing yourself to find new skills. So I'm in amongst playing with plasticine. I've um, I found my uh, my knives out for you know that thing of carving spoons. Um, I'm cooking again in a way that uh, well neither of us have had time to. So spending time to slowly cook and enjoy food, you know, and it's probably a really good thing that we're on our own because we both reek of wild garlic at the moment as well. So. Matt Bleas is someone who engages many, I mean, thousands of people on his Instagram feed almost every day with his topical and incredibly witty and beautifully observed illustrations. An alternate universe, though, we would be um, sitting in a hot tub in uh, Joshua Tree with our friends Joey and Sarah because we were um, meant to be on a trip like a dream holiday road trip um, down the west coast from of America, from San Francisco down to LA, taking in like Yosemite and just just really just just living it and enjoying it and um, yeah. So we would have been there. We are there in an alternate universe. I kind of I believe that. Um, and yes, yeah, the the whole lockdown thing um, happened when we were over there. Um, so on day two, um, we had to make plans to come back. It took us about a week to eventually get a flight sorted. Um, but we did make it back and uh, all made it back home safely. And it kind of makes you realise there is nowhere like home. And home is a very special place to be. And we're kind of very privileged to have a home that we love. Thanks very much, Matt. I should perhaps have mentioned that Matt has worked with us a great deal, including illustrating our book, The Family Guide to the Great Outdoors. And we now have Alex Beck, the, one of the directors of the highly esteemed creative group, the Hudson Beck Group. I have discovered Joe Wicks on lockdown. Um, I'm in particular doing workouts and exercise with my wife again, which has been amazing. Um, and alongside that, I guess I've rediscovered being um, around a bit more for breakfast rather than commuting to some meeting somewhere in London. So that has been a real joy, kind of getting to know what my daughter won't eat again. I guess that's wearing off already, actually. Next is Will of Two Fields Sacros, a man producing quite remarkable olive oil across two fields on an island in Greece. I think that there is good to come of this, even though it's hard to imagine right now. And I think that's because, especially in my lifetime, we've never had such a tactile sense of being connected across the world. We are all connected, and, and that's a fact, and I think we can forget that, especially when we're busying in our own lives. Um, and so whether... It's learning about the community around us, or slightly wider than that, our neighbourhood, our village, our family. Whether it's um, learning how to be connected on a global level. I think understanding how connected we are is really important. And then we ended episode nine, which we're now on, with my daughter-in-law, Ray, who is the second of our contributors to have a baby during lockdown, trying 
to get some answers in Edgeways. Hey Charlie, it's Ray. I'm recording this um, sitting in the living room in our flat in London. Um, I'm here with Jack, who is your son, but also my husband. And in the background, well, <laughs> making some noise right here, I've got Afra Isla Wren, who is our wonderful, beautiful baby daughter, Afra, um, who is four weeks old and <laughs> she's wonderful, but she's making some noise right now. Right, well, that's the end of part one of my time capsule. I am going to upload part two immediately after this, so have a listen to that.